Good morning, my name is Jay, and I will be reading today's scripture, which comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 7, and 18 to 26. Please give your attention to the reading of God's word. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head of, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Amen. And now let's give our attention to the preaching of God's word. Thank you to Jay. Thanks be to God. I give him a hug because, it, because he's, a, he's a man. He's a man who read the scriptures today. Thank you for that uh, clear and uh, just a great heartfelt reading of God's scriptures. We're going to continue to go through this series of Shalom. I know it's Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about that toward the end. But I'm going to ask this question. <clears throat> Obviously, this is a topic. Okay, the question is, how can I serve? How can I serve? We're going to begin with that final verse, which I think is one of the most excellent summations of what the church of Jesus Christ has to contribute Okay, what does the church bring to this broken world? Okay, we read together. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. <laughs> Man, imagine that. A countercultural community in which one person suffers, all join together in that suffering. One person is celebrated, one person is honored, all joined together in that celebration and the honoring of that person. This is precisely how people experience shalom. If and when the Church of Jesus Christ does this, we learn and grow up and to fulfill this, we will experience some shalom, even on this side of heaven. You know, it's perfectly natural to ask of customer service, businesses, resorts, clubs, vacations. How can you best serve my needs? How can you best serve my family's needs? We've been working so hard. We're here to relax. You better make sure this works out satisfactory to us. That's, that's natural. But when Jesus Christ comes along, 
He frees people. He changes people. <clears throat> so that his people first ask and seek to fulfill, how can I serve you? It is natural in the world. It is natural to our human hearts. How can you best serve me? Jesus comes and flips it. He always does. He changes consumer cultures into compassionate service to ask, how can I serve you? Man, last week I missed you being in person in worship service. But wow, what a marvelous message brought to us by Tim St. John. And we were reminded that God uses everything to benefit his people. God uses all of his powers, all of his riches, all of his wonders, all of his infinite attributes and marshals all of that to benefit and serve his people. Likewise, we turn that around now. The people of God are going to act like God. How can I serve you? Serving in 4D, 4D words, and then one last dirty word. All right? Unpack serving in 4Ds and then one last dirty word. The first D, let's offer a definition. In our passage, clearly it's speaking about spiritual gifts, but all spiritual gifts are given so that you may serve. All spiritual gifts are given by the Spirit of God so that you and I can turn around and say, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? Spiritual gifts are not natural talents, natural abilities. There are a lot of people in this room who are amazingly talented, multi-talented, like mind-blowing kind of talent. But that doesn't mean you're spiritually gifted. I met a lot of people who, on the surface, it seems they may not be that able or talented, but he or she uses that spiritual gift, and, you know, you end up starting, like, weeping. Your heart is just so refreshed. I mean, your life is dented by that one person's demonstration and execution of a spiritual gift. So what is a spiritual gift? We saw it in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6. Paul, Apostle Paul is relentless, giving us synonyms to define spiritual gifting. It is this. Gifting is a service or activity empowered or given by the Holy Spirit for the common good or the building up of the body of Jesus Christ. Spiritual gift equals synonym to service. Synonym equal to activity. Read it first. Four, five, and six. And then Apostle Paul is careful in every single verse to point, relate, connect to, tell you where this is all coming from, tell you who this is all about. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. What is a spiritual gift? It's a service or an activity empowered by the Holy Spirit for the building up, the common good of lives around you. So by definition, definition, here's why it's more than a natural talent or a natural ability. Spiritual gifting requires faith. It requires dependence upon God. And in its demonstration, it points the worship and the glory back to God, the giver of that gift. 
different from, and I would say superior to, a natural ability or talent, the one using that gift is in worship and reliance upon God. He or she knows it's really not ultimately about them. And then the ones who receive that gift by faith and worship to God, carried along by the Holy Spirit, give worship. You come closer to God, not, not so much the gift, uh, the one who's using the gift, but the giver. Of that gift. You, you, you are drawn into the worship and the presence of God. That's the definition. Second D. Second D. There's a diversity of gifts, all different kinds of gifts. Here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4 lists several gifts. Romans chapter 12, these are not exhaustive lists, but they are extensive and specific. Question, what are we to do with the different or diversity of gifts that the Holy Spirit has given? And in verses 18 to 26, there is the analogy to the human body. The eye should never tell the foot, I have no need of you. Right? The head should never tell another part of the body, like, I don't need you. The analogy to the human body. And here's the principle of what we ought to do with the diversity of spiritual gifts. Honor each and every unique part. Because God does. God wouldn't give you that gift and then give this person that gift over there and then give you these gifts to not honor and use them all, each and every unique part. A couple of weeks ago, I was buying lunch at, I think, the best burrito place in all of L.A. I was in downtown driving through there and wanted to drop it off for good friends of ours, and I was a little bit in a rush, got the food, got the food in one hand, drink in the other and I was walking along, kind of rushing back to my car, and there was this ditch, a ditch in the black concrete. I mean, I wasn't watching. And my foot got caught in there, slipped, and I completely crashed. I mean, it wasn't a mild crash. It's just a completely crash. Landed on the side of my face. It could have been a front face plant. My hat fell off, sunglasses on the ground, phone fell off, and I'm just laying there on the side. People who are watching... We're so sympathetic and apologetic. Oh, oh, sir, are you okay? You need a hand to get up? I just lay there for a while. All my pride was wounded. I said, no, I don't need help. And got back up, bleeding out my leg. I still have scars right here on my shoulder to prove it. I was walking back to the car, picked up my glasses, my hat, walking back to the car. I don't know why I did it. I was walking back, and then I looked back. I looked back at them real quick. They were all laughing hysterically. <laughs> there was a gal with a grandmother who I will never forget, who were pointing figures, hysterically cackling at me quietly. I looked back at that. Now, on the way home, I took a picture of my bleeding leg, my shoulder, showed it to my family. Elizabeth said, Dad, are you okay? And then my wife was just, boo ha 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 ha. On the way home, it never occurred to me once. You know, Harold, you should cut off your foot. You should just get rid of that foot. I mean, look, at it caused you pain and some humiliation and some comedy. 
I just cut it off, get rid of it. No, 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 no. What I should do in the future is to pay more attention to where my foot is stepping, get it more coordinated and in sync, put it to good use, because my whole entire physical body is more functional. It's more potent. It's healthy when all of her parts come together and work together. So is CCSA. That's what Apostle Paul is trying to communicate to us right here, right now. This local church, like every other local church, loved and bought for with a price by the blood of Jesus Christ, is only as healthy and as potent as she could be with every unique part. Not just fully included, not just having access, but being, being put to good use. CCSE can never, ever be as healthy and as vibrant, and I would dare say useful in her witness without every each and unique part. Apostle Paul goes on to say, especially the parts that are less presentable, especially the parts that are less honorable. If I were to ask you this morning, what do you think is the part of your life that God may use in the most powerful way to bless other people? What would you say? If I were to ask you, I know we're on spiritual gifts right now, but I ask you, what part of your life, what season, what aspect, what story, anything, if you had one thing to share so that another person would be strengthened, built up, refreshed, what would it be? And I will tell you, what you should do is to take an inventory of your pain because that'll be the preaching that God uses most powerfully. Take an inventory of the parts of your life that are less presentable, less honorable, that are apparently weak. Take the seasons, take the struggles, take the tears, take the hurt, take the pain, the less presentable, less honorable, and see how God honors and uses that part. Look, likewise, likewise. Why is it stories of grace bless people more? Have you ever heard a good story of grace in which a person comes up here and says, look at how well I put my life together? Have you ever heard a good story of grace where a person boasts about their successes and strengths that are endless? The reason why stories of grace bless and move us so is something less presentable, less honorable, God loves to use. There are things about your lives right now, things going on in a marriage, an injury, a chronic pain, a special need, a debt, 
God loves to honor, over honor those very parts if um, you let him use that to serve his people. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that the finest, again, most beautiful and bravest people I've ever met, a lot of them are at CCSC, all have a limp. They all have a scar. They all have had a heart, heartbroken, a, a share of grief, or they're still grieving. My friends, dear brothers and sisters, this church, as a colony of heaven, as a witness of the gospel, this church that you come and attend and get something out of or consume or want to pick up the benefit here and there, do you know that you, every, each unique part are so needed and required, even if you feel like, I'm not presentable, I'm not honorable, I'm not important. No, that's just not how a body works, especially the body of Jesus Christ. So what to do with the diversity of gifts? What to do with your gift? What to do with that? Honor and use it as God does. Third D, third D, discernment. First was a definition. Second, diversity. Third is discernment. Verse 7, we read, the Holy Spirit has given each and every believer a spiritual gift. Here's how you can discern what your spiritual gift is or gifts in plural. You can just use the three pillars of our church's vision. What is our vision? It's to see lives changed, lives touched, lives saved, lives healed. Mainly now through shepherding in the last two years. But change lives through shepherding based on three pillars, three prong. Here are the three pillars of our vision. Here's how lives change. First, through compassion. Now here's how you discern your spiritual gifts. Compassion means, do you like doing that? Are you attracted to that? Is your heart drawn to that? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? It's affinity. Just a question of affinity. What do you like doing? What do you like doing? That's a natural interest, natural talent, natural desire. But with faith and dependence upon the Holy Spirit, it can be used as a spiritual gift. Compassion. Do you like doing it? Affinity. Second, community. Community. People of God. Do they want you to do it? Do they like it when you do that? Do they want more of that? Do they keep asking you to do that? They're like, please, can you do that again? That's opportunity. So one is affinity. Second is opportunity. Our third pillar of our church is Christ central. Christ, Jesus Christ. By this I mean, do you have the capability and the character to carry it out? I always put those two words together. It's capability. You've got to be able to do it. And the character, the faithfulness, hmm? the perseverance, the humility to even maybe take some correction or criticism, the capability and character to do that. And when all three come together, you can be safely certain this is one of your spiritual gifts. You like doing it. People like you to do it. And you are more than capable and have the character to fulfill it. That is a spiritual gift. 
My friend, my friend, listen to me this morning. Are you using it? Do you know that wasn't given for you? Do you know the Holy Spirit doesn't go around to every Christian and say, hey, here's some gifts, here's some gifts. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, consume it yourself. He gives you gifts so you might discern them and then thereby serve people with them. You know, if there's anyone here deeply, deeply depressed, anyone here feeling so fatigued and just worn out and beaten down by life, you know, there are certain people you go and seek out, right? Like, they just come to mind. <laughs> I should email that person. You know, today after, I want to go and ask that person, can you pray for me? Or you just text that person. And if you're the type of person where people who are really hurting, beaten down and out, they keep coming and coming and seeking you out and calling you out, you, you, you have a gift of mercy. You have a precious gift of encouragement. Others of you, you love hosting. You're fantastic at hosting. It's lavish. It's amazing. And we know how much work that must go into it. So because you're so good at hosting, people keep wanting to come over. They're asking, when are you inviting me over again? If you don't invite them, they still come over. And they don't pick up the hints. They just stay too long in your house. You're probably gifted at hospitality. Hospitality. Uh, you know, pastor, you know, I, I would just really like God for just to tell me where to invest my money. Um, you know, I'm about to retire in about 10, 15 years. Like, how can I retire in five? It would be great for God to tell me that. And also, I would really like God to tell me as a parent, as my child is going off to college somewhere, like, man, this is, things have changed. Like, I need a lot more wisdom and clarity. Like, how do I let him go, but at the same time, give him godly guidance and instruction? I, you know, pastor, just tell me those kinds of things. Tell me the specific instructions. What is God's will for me? Can I tell you? Can I tell you? You'll never get specific unless you're paying attention to his general will for you. It's already all been revealed. And do you know what God wants for you generally? And you need to pay attention to that. And you need to obey that with all your heart. First and foremost, he wants you to be saved. He wants you set free from your sin. He wants you to stop living for yourself. He wants you to bend the knee, worship Jesus, receive his life by grace through faith. He needs and wants you to be saved. He wants you to fall in love with Jesus because Jesus has so loved you. That you must follow through. Be saved. Second, God's will. This is, what, this is what he wants. He wants you to be changed, sanctified, changing, changing. Growing, progressing, regressing too, yes, but progressing. Two steps forward, one step back. Maybe two steps forward, sometimes three steps back. But still, you're always progressing. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be sanctified. Here's third. I'm just going to stop right here. It's all over the scriptures. It's in our passage. He wants you to serve. Now, are you doing those three things? Are you saved? Are you in a personal love relationship with God? Are you being changed and sanctified through all the means of helps and grace that God gives you? And then third, are you serving? Are you serving in some way? 
according to the way that God has gifted you. And I'll tell you, my dear friends, you got to discern this about your spiritual condition today. You cannot be growing. You cannot be that vibrant. You can't be that happy as a Christian right now if you're not serving. It's impossible. It will never happen. You cannot be growing. You cannot be changing. You can't be happy as 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 a Christian if you're not obeying God's will at a local church to be serving. Also, I want you to discern the condition of CCSE. Do you discern the condition of CCSE in every church? Here's a complete flat-out lie I hear over and over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, CCSE looks like they kind of have it together. They have enough volunteers or servants. Lie. Complete lie. Like, I don't know what services you're going to on Sundays. Like, did you go to the same church I went to? Do you know what's really going on? By the grace of God, I'm glad that God gets people get blessed and saved and changed. CCSE is nowhere near who she should be and can be because you, every unique part, needs to be doing its part. Discern that. Discern this. And see what God does in a countercultural community called a church to bring shalom. Fourth D. Fourth D. Definition. Diversity. Third. Discernment. Last one. Divine purpose. Divine purpose. Verse 7. Verse 7, once again, we read, To each, again, every believer is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Why did God give you gifts? For the common good. Why did give you, God give you that enjoyment, that ability, that character, that type of Spirit-empowered, Spirit-filling movement? Never, never to end with yourself but for the building up of other people. Four common misuses, though, of gifts. Confusions and misuses. Misuses of gifts. Number one, you use them to show off. Okay, number one, you just use them to show off. When you're filled with alcohol, filled with alcoholic spirits, it's amazing, huh, how people get all courageous then. And then it's, look at me, listen to me. You get filled by the Holy Spirit, it's please look at him. Please look at him. The Holy Spirit always loves to use your gifts, not for you to show off, but to show off more of Jesus. And there are few privileges and joys that come close to the experience of that. That people are more in awe and would fall in love with Jesus as a result of any gift. Second misuse, comparison and envy. Comparison and envy. Well, you know, I, I, want, I want the gifts that that person has. I want the gifts that I see online all the time. Like, I want gifts to that degree that the other person supposedly has. I want other people's gifts. And I want it to that degree. Apostle Paul dealt with the same kind of comparative and envious culture in that church. And here's what he tells them. He says, I know certain gifts seem to be superior, spectacular, or better in some way. But the reality is they're not. They're not. There is one greatest gift, one superlative gift to come. We'll hold on to that in 1 Corinthians 13. But here's the reality. 
there is somebody here, starting with myself, your pastor, when I meet with you one-on-one, and we have an exchange of any kind of fellowship, something meaningful, we share something that really does move my heart, which happens almost all the time when I meet one-on-one. You know, I'm never thinking like, wow, I wish I was meeting someone else. Oh, wow, I wish this person was more like someone else. No, that really never enters my mind. Here's the reality. There's someone here who can only be met, served, touched by you. Really only you. That's why the Holy Spirit gave you that gift. But it has to come through you, your being, your body, your personality, your eyes, your face, your hands, your feet. Comparison and envy. Here's a third misuse, a big one. You chase giftedness more than godliness. You chase giftedness more than godliness. Oh, you want to know, hey, pastor, you know, what kind of sins you confess? What kind of sins you struggle with? Uh, Here it is. You can just write this down. Pastor Harold gravely gravely struggles with and has made a ton of mistakes and sins in this area where he wants to be more effective, more useful, more performative, more result-oriented, more goal-fulfilling than becoming more like Jesus. And here's how you could know you are chasing giftedness more than godliness. Very simple. You spend very little time, if at all, in personal prayer. Here's how you know to be sure you are after giftedness and whatever it promises to deliver for you. You see, because you're gifted, you know, because you're fast, because you're smart, because you're competent, because you're awesome, you're just awesome at doing that, because you're so good at that, you are used to The responses, rewards, approval, fame, riches, applause, even people telling you how blessed they were by you. But there's really not much need then for prayer. Because prayer would mean you need God to use that gift. And prayer would mean that you're really after God more than the gift. That you're really more in love with God than the gift. Do you enjoy becoming more like God than that gift? You know, gifts can only take you so far. A lot of pastors are learning that the hard way. As myself, gifts can only take you so far. Um, It'll be shallow. It won't go that deep. And you can't stay. So much turnover, so much turnaround. I don't know if the great resignation is happening with pastors or not, but 38% contemplated quitting on it. Would you pray for me as I preach to a room full of other pastors and leaders I honor and love at the end of this month, trying to tell them, share a little bit of what I'm learning to recover to preachers who are on the verge of contemplating change of careers, change of just quitting this entire thing called pastoring and preaching. But you see, when you just are gifted but low on character, You're just gifted, but you're low in your likeness to God. 
course you're going to jump and go somewhere else as soon as it's a little more convenient and comfortable. On the flip side, I think this is even more scary. Gifts can actually take you too far. Gifts can take you way too far. And that means you're so gifted that you head up into situations and scenarios in which your character cannot handle it. You're so gifted that you run into things that your character just cannot sustain. And therein lies the core of what we call a scandal or a downfall or a ruin. And it's inevitable. Don't misuse your gifts. They're not to show off. They're not for comparison and envy. Please don't chase giftedness more than Christ-likeness. Last one. You coast on your past gifts. You just coast. You know you're in neutral. You've been on neutral. You coast on your past gifts more than a continual need for God and his ever-present grace. Here's Apostle Peter in his letter, chapter 4. It reads here, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Note the present tenses. Note the present tense of supplies. Anyone speaks. Anyone serves. Anyone serves a small group. Anyone volunteers. Anyone sets up COT. Anyone who is cleaning up. Those who continue to do that. Do not think God gives you a past one dump supply. He gives you in the present, ongoing, replenishing, increasing supply. Maybe it's by design that God would never let his children or people go off to just exercise their gifts without needing him himself and his strength and the grace that he supplies. Don't coast. Don't coast. Continue to draw from and enjoy the God who gives you what you need that day. You know, burnout, burnout, it does happen. It happens not because God runs out of grace or strength for you. Burnout happens as we do things that God may not really call you to do. Burnout happens as you do a bunch of things that God really hasn't called you to do. He's asking you to actually pace and limit that, to discern that and say that's actually not in your realm of responsibility. And at the same time, burnout happens by you going on to do things that God has called you to do without the grace and strength of God. And only a matter of time again, we hit the end of that supply to that spiritual gift because God would rather have me crash and burn at the end of a spiritual gift than for me to be lost apart from him. Four misuses. Four misuses. Now the dirty word. 
last one. The dirty word is duty. The Bible is full of instructions on giftings, but it's also full of duties. Uh, Early on in my marriage, Sunny, after dinner, would ask me, can you please come around and help me clean up? And in one shape or form or another, early on in marriage, I told her, that's not my gift. In one shape or another, that's what I communicated. Like, I'm not good at that. I don't want to do that. Like, why are you asking me to do that? Can you please come around and help me clean up? I told her that's not my gift. I quickly found out my wife is extraordinarily gifted in responding to that. (laughs) Extraordinary. I don't like talking about it, but, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers, they kind of stank this year. They were one of the guys that you expected to win it all, but they didn't even make the playoffs. Like, I want to talk about it quietly because it's so embarrassing. It's so sad. And this is not expert analysis, but, you know, just my rudimentary little couch. Uh, Why did they, what's the reason behind this debacle of the Los Angeles Lakers? I I think, you know, you're in Hollywood, you're in L.A., you got big names, you got big contracts, you got all this attention. I think a lot of people come to the Los Angeles Lakers to be stars, to prove that they're stars, to be treated like they're stars, but they don't have enough servants. I don't care how big or small you are. I don't care if you're fast or slow. If there's a loose ball, you should hustle and run and get that loose ball. People want to be stars, not enough servants. Really bad team. How are we? How are we here at CCSE? What kind of team are we? What kind of servants do we have? There are duties to be done. You know, on Friday afternoon, some of the staff got together to just reflect on and give praise to God for the core team of teachers, volunteers, and servants that we already do have. God bless you. And one of the staff members was sharing, you know, there's a particular brother from the start who's multi-talented who came and asked one of the pastors, you know, there's a lot of things I could do, but can I ask you, what does the church need most right now? What's her greatest need? Which was the operations team. And he signed up that day and signed up for many, many weeks to come. And here's why the staff and I are so moved by that. It's because it reminds us of someone who came to do something that he was most not gifted to do. It reminds us of someone. It replays of somebody else who came down to do something that I assure you he was ungifted to do. He had never been born as a human being. He had never left the throne of heaven. He had never said goodbye to his father. He had no idea what it is to cry for milk. He was born in a manger. 
he grew to around the age of 30. And in Matthew chapter 21, we celebrate the most important week in human history starting today. We call it Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Because on Palm Sunday, this baby who grew up to become a man in the clearest, most unmistakable way possible on this day, announced publicly he is royalty. He is the king. He is the king of all kings. He is the son of God. If you ever wonder reading through the gospels why Jesus sometimes is coy, it's like he's playing hide and go seek with his identity. Some people he tells and then after he even re he reveals who he is, he says, don't tell anybody. Here's why. Here's why Jesus played some hide and go seek until Palm Sunday. Because for him to reveal his very divine identity, his true nature, he knew that would get him killed. And it did. It only took five days. Royalty. Divinity. God himself. In Jesus Christ. Did not come down and say. Here's all my gifts. Let me just do for you what I like doing. Let me just do for you what you want me to do for you. Let me just do for you because I can handle it. Jesus did not just give off his gifts. He gave up entirely of himself, which is why Apostle Paul rises to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and says, the greatest, greatest gift of all is love. And if you read 1 Corinthians 13, it reads just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. And so do you want to know one of the best ways you can demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ, which is the greatest gift of all to build up the church? It is the greatest gift of all to love and persuade any non-believing relative or friend. It is the greatest gift of all to bring some kind of hope and sanity and healing to broken families. It is a supernatural gift, the love of Jesus Christ. One of the best ways to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ is by you doing the very thing you are not gifted to do. But to lay yourself down. And to do it as a duty of love. Listen. For the people Jesus loves, nothing was beneath him. For the people Jesus came to love and save, nothing was beneath him. How could it be for you? How could it be for you? Oh, friends, on this Palm Sunday, as we observe and meditate and worship God, please consider how Jesus came to serve you. Please do soak that in. Please reflect on the dimensions and the depths and maybe even the chronology of how Jesus came down to do something he was most ungifted to do to serve and benefit you. At the cost of his own life. But don't stop there. Can you walk with me. This Easter and post Easter. Coming out of a pandemic. Walking into a broken world. Dying for shalom. 
Can you discern some things right now in your life and discern some things for CCSC? Don't just soak in what Jesus did and how he came to serve you. Would you ask and commit yourself to, how can I serve? How can I belong to, beautify, and build up this body that Jesus loves? How can I and this group of people be used to show a world what Christians are really all about? Because sometimes the closest non-believing friends will ever get to Jesus is to see his church in action, in action. How can I serve? How can I serve you? How can I serve you? What will it take? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, O God, for the wisdom, the grace, your very breath coming through your word by your Holy Spirit. Now I pray for every believer, brother and sister here listening in, stir, and would you bring to a commitment to serve, to serve for the common good, for your glory, and for the enjoyment of of other people. Lord, I pray for anyone here who is yet in need of Jesus to be their substitute Savior. Would you bring them to saving faith? Bring them even now, throughout this week. Hear us, we pray, as we respond now to your word in song. In Jesus' name, amen.